Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Good, good. Anybody excited about being in the house of the Lord? Amen, amen. If we could, let's all stand. I'm thankful to be here, but it doesn't matter if I'm here or not. I'm just glad Jesus Christ is here, because that's who I came for. And I'm excited to be here to be able to have the opportunity to touch him. I just want us to take a moment, as we always do for Sunday school, and let's just start off with a little bit of praise, uh, however you feel like doing it. Just thank the Lord for this opportunity right now uh, for him to, to touch us today. I love you, Jesus. Touch our minds, our hearts today, Lord. Touch your lesson and your messenger today, Lord. Speak to us today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity right now, Lord. We want to take advantage of it fully. We love you. We praise you. You're an awesome God. You're a mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. If you would, go ahead and turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. I'll begin reading at verse number 3. I'm excited about teaching to you all this morning. Uh, for those watching, we thank you for watching with us today. Philippians 2, begin reading at 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a, somebody say, servant. And was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things underneath the earth. Verse 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. There's a lot of meat in that passage that we just read. I must confess to you all this morning that this lesson was planted in me a few days ago just under conviction, but it was after seeing a powerful quote from a a young man that is in our organization who is a phenomenal preacher. Uh, I've heard him preach all over the world. He's a great young man, has an incredible testimony of um, was going to go to the NBA and play basketball, but the Lord called him elsewhere, and now he's preaching all over the world. But he sparked this lesson in me this morning as he wrote this quote that says, and this is it's powerful, there are two words that have destroyed many ministries. I deserve. 
There are two words that have promoted many ministries. I serve. And this sparked uh, or planted a seed in me of humility because I want to be a better servant. I want to be better served. Um, then I want to think about I deserve this or I deserve that. So I want to teach you on this subject this morning. I serve. I serve. Uh, who among us does not want to be recognized for something? Uh, we long for human affirmation. We want to be recognized for a job well done. Amen? For boldly helping others, for supporting a cause that we believe in. It's our nature. It's our human nature. But the words of Christ in this passage teach us otherwise. I heard it said before, if serving is below you, then leadership is beyond you. And I today, more than anything ever, anything ever else, I want to be a servant. I want to be of service in my walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, there was an actor that I read about who was just starting to get famous years ago. When he was just becoming popular in Hollywood, his agent took him to uh, a lunch, uh, to an expensive, high-profile Hollywood restaurant. Uh, and the purpose was to be seen by the fans. Uh, when uh, he finished his meal, he placed his silverware on his plate and he folded up his napkin and he made his plate ready for the server to come and get it and the waiter to come and get it and take it away. But his manager at that moment seen what he had done and rebuked him for it, saying, it's not your job to clean up after yourself. You're not a busboy. You're a movie star and you need to act like one. You know, in a way, society expects celebrities to have an attitude that says, I'm rich and I'm famous and I'm a star and it's everybody else's job to serve me, to wait on me. And we live in a culture today that worships celebrities, whether they're politicians or athletes or musicians or actors or, or actresses. But today I'm reminded as such people, as such celebrities of uh, such as motivational and inspirational speakers today. Anybody ever listen to a few? I have many times. and These are men and women who clearly have a message and are greatly admired for their accomplishments and where they stand in life. For instance, you could look at Troy Aitman, a former football great of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you could look at a preacher named Joel Osteen. You could go to George Foreman. You can even go down to Tim Tebow. And the names, I could name off more and more and more and just go down the line of just people that are motivational speakers, people that are uh, preachers and, and just, just famous celebrities. But when you look at it, I, I went and searched just uh, Tim Tebow one time and uh, just, to, just to redo it again, I did it last night. I went and looked at what it would take to get Tim Tebow to come speak. I just I was curious. Does anybody know? Let's just say a hundred thousand plus just to have him come speak for a couple of hours. Huh. These are celebrities, these are writers, these are pastors. Uh, there's a big market for accomplished speakers all over the world. 
because they speak all over the world and they get paid this. And I'm not trying to knock them for those things. They worked hard to get to those things. But what about Jesus? Mm, I'm fixing to teach you all this morning. Y'all quiet, but we're fixing to teach this morning. When he spoke to the multitudes on the mountainside next to the Sea of Galilee, how much was the price of admission? I feel the Holy Ghost. When he fed thousands of people after a time of teaching, how much did he charge? Imagine the publicity. Imagine the advertising. Imagine the, the promotion. You see, our fascination with fame distorts our perception of what greatness really is. And it distorts our perception of what kind of person we should admire and aspire to be. Today, we're going to look at some aspects of Christ's character that we can all imitate. All right? Of course, hear me because I already, can, I already can see it, I already can hear it now. There's many things that, of Christ that we can't copy. Uh, you're not omnipresent. Uh, you didn't create the universe. You, you can't die uh, for the sins of the world and probably never walk on water unless it's frozen. And the list can go on and on. But there's one aspect of Jesus Christ's character that we can fully and completely uh, imitate. To this, you won't be uh, a celebrity. You won't be signing autographs. Yet, if anyone deserved special treatment, it was Jesus. If anyone deserved uh, to be treated like a celebrity, weighted hand and foot on, it was Jesus. But listen this morning. Hear me this morning. That's not what happened. Because John tells us in John 1, 10 through 11, he was in the world and the world was made by him. And the what? The world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Jesus could have demanded to live like royalty during his time on earth but he didn't. Instead, he came to show us what true greatness looks like and what true greatness does. When we look to Jesus, we get an idea of what our own lives should look like. In the final hours of Jesus Christ's life, he said to his disciples in Luke twenty-two twenty-seven, 27, For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth. Is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Huh. He also said in Matthew 20, 28, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. His ministry was a ministry of humility and humble service. His disciple. They, they witnessed all these amazing things, uh, uh, more miracles than they could absolutely count. People healed of every type of affliction, including several that were raised from the dead. They saw the forces of nature obey him. They even heard and seen demons tremble at his name. They heard Jesus teach with authority and they saw his absolute power. 
So hear me this morning. There was nothing, absolutely nothing about Jesus that was weak or timid. And yet in the midst of all of his power, there was an underlining attitude of humility and servanthood towards others. So let's just look at a, a few events of Jesus Christ's life and let's reflect on the attitude of humble service. Anybody want to serve? The Christmas story. Anybody know the Christmas story? I'm not talking about Santa Claus. The Christmas story shows us that from the very beginning, Jesus' life was all about humility. He could have announced his birth to King Herod or to all the religious leaders of Jerusalem or to Caesar Augustus, the emperor of Rome. He could have announced his birth to the greatest of the great, but that's not what he did. His birth was announced to a young teenage girl who was about to get married and then to her bewildered fiancé. And then to some astronomers who traveled for months to find him. And then to a group of shepherds that were making probably minimum wage at the bottom of the social ladder. Anybody catching it now? And the king of kings was born where? Not in a palace. In a stable. Not surrounded by servants but surrounded by dirty animals. His birth tells us that he was humble and that he had humility when he could have changed everything and came in and and been rolled up in a gold uh, uh, cloth. People waiting on him hand and foot. But he had no sense of entitlement. No expectation of special treatment. Again, if anyone had the right to say, this is all about me and I'm going to do it in style, Jesus had that right. You see, church, Jesus wasn't impressed with power and prestige. He didn't uh, seek the approval of the elite because he was the elite. He didn't need a king to tell him, oh, this is a king because he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He wanted to show the people that this is what it takes to be humble. This is what it takes to, to show humility. This is what it takes to get people's attention more than it does uh, coming and and floating down and, and, and blowing up things and showing how powerful I am. I want to show people that I can serve. There's no better leadership in all of this world than for somebody like Jesus Christ who has all power in his hands, who holds the world in his hands, to come down and be at the bottom of the bottom and said, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to pick you up. I'm here to lift you up. 
all that did was create a conviction in me that says, David, it's not about you. It's not about what you think you deserve. It's not about all the stuff that maybe you've done through your life, all the, all the push and all the hard work that you may have done. It's not about that. What it's about is are you ready to serve? Are you ready to give of yourself? Are you ready to be all in? Are you ready to get your hands and your knees and your feet dirty? I want to serve. I want to have a servant's heart. When you demand that you be given a special treatment from others, you're demanding for yourself something that Jesus never demanded for himself. This should be our attitude always. And understand we live this fleshly life. This keeps us from that. But day in and day out, we must remind ourselves, I'm a servant. I'm in service to Christ. And for me to have a strong relationship I must learn how to serve. For me to have a good leadership role, I must learn how to serve. For me to have a great ministry role, whatever ministry it may be. Hear me, y'all. Every one of us in here has a ministry role. We all play a part in the church. Yes, we may not all be the head. Yes, we may not all be the fingers or the feet. But we play a special part in the body of Christ. And for us to all work together, we must learn to serve together. We must not go, man, I'm the hand and I deserve a little handout today. No, 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 no. We must all work together as in service that says, hey, I'm here to serve the foot if it itches. I'm here to help the legs move because the mind is where I'm working at. I, I'm, I play a role, and I want to do it the best I can. And the best way that I can serve in the body of Christ is serving, is service, in servanthood, and whatever option that may be, teaching, helping, taking out the trash, doing every part that I can possibly do, and not thinking the whole time that I'm doing it, I deserve something. I deserve a check. I deserve some money. I deserve a pat on the back. And those are all good things. I'm not knocking them today. If you get them, that's great. But if you have the mindset that says, oh, I'm going to go do something so that I can get something, you've done it for the wrong reason. You've done it for I deserve. And let me just tell you, if you think about I deserve all the time, you're not in a serving spiritual role. We've got to be, I serve. If I get something, that's awesome. But I've come to serve. I've come to do my part. I've come to be 100% sold out to Jesus Christ and to the church and do my part. But I want to serve. You see, Jesus never, he didn't look for it. He didn't look for recognition. He didn't look for people to shout his name. He wanted to show people how humble he really was. Look at how Jesus approached public recognition. Matthew 8, 2 through 4. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. In verse 4, and Jesus saith unto him, See thou, tell no man, tell nobody. But go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Oh, 
That, that just that convicts me today. Because let's just let's just swap it. I'm nowhere near uh, all all knowing, all powerful. But let's just say if I was God, it's just me, just being me. If I heal somebody, go tell them what my name is. Go tell them who done it and tell them where I live. Give them my address. But not Jesus. Don't tell nobody. Because I'm not looking for that recognition. You just go use it for a testimony and say, hey, I was healed. I was once a leopard, but now I'm not. I'm healed. Mm. Because eventually they would run into it. Eventually they would see it. But in the very next chapter, Jesus walking down a road. Two blind men followed him and cried out for Jesus to heal them. Matthew 9, 29. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be unto you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. We see this again and again in the Gospels. Jesus performs a miracle and tells them, Don't tell anybody. It's believe that Jesus doesn't want his ministry to just to be about gawkers coming to see him and just coming to get healing. He wanted faith, belief, and trust in who he was. Can you imagine? Let's just, let's just get into 2021. Can you imagine a celebrity preacher or a celebrity politician, or a celebrity in general, doing something good for someone and not using it to further agenda. Because that's all the celebrities nowadays. There's an agenda behind it. Oh, I want to help you. Oh, I want to speak into your life. But I need a hundred grand while I'm doing it. Again, don't misunderstand me. I'm not knocking people's abilities. There's some great people out there. They do some great work. They give some, some great financial, uh, financial help to, to great organizations. But what I'm saying is when you get the I deserve spirit in your mind that says, I'm going to do this so that I can get something in return, you've done it for the wrong reason. We crave recognition and have to post every accomplishment on social media. Because what? We need to create a buzz. Of course, there's a healthy tension in all of this. There is. It's great to get the word out, or to, to get the word about the, the mission of Christ. But if it's only for the buzz, then we've missed what we really call to do and what, what, what really called to be. It can't just be about the buzz. Now, if the buzz shows up, that's a different deal. But if you're getting on there to say, hey, I've just done this great thing because I need uh, just some chatter, you've done it for the wrong reason. I serve. I serve. I want to have a servant spirit. I want to be of service. I don't want it to make it all about me because it's not about me because I'm a nobody. I stand before you today as a nobody. I'm just David Anders. That's all I am. 33 years old. That's all I am. I, I got no big accomplishments. I work for a great company. I can't heal you. I can't take nothing away from you. I can just do what the Lord has asked me to do, and that's to serve. Not come preach a word to you, but to serve. 
Mm. When Jesus healed a hurting person, he was not doing it for self-promotion or for fame. He healed people because of his passion and because he cared and loved the people. He was able to demonstrate his power and grace through his humbleness and his humility. We learn that we can do good for others, not because of any benefit that we might uh, get or what might come our way by doing it, but simply because the other person is worth every penny that you put into them, whether we get recognition or not. Again, I like recognition. I like a pat on the back every now and then, but I can't make my life about that. Because then I've just missed it all. If I go to witness somebody and, and bring somebody to church and hope the Holy Ghost hits them only to get a big pat on the back, I've missed it. I've missed the joy in that person and watching them change as the Lord used me to be a servant. If I would just keep my mind on serving, and if something comes with it, if a pat on the back comes with it, that's good. But that's not what I need. That's not what I'm looking for. The Lord's not looking for all the medals and trophies and all the recognition that you have. He's looking for a servant's heart. Are you willing to serve? That's what Jesus Christ is looking at. He's not going, hey, let me, let me, let me go through my little list real quick and see what David's done. Because if he's done a lot of great things and... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, he's got, he's got enough for me to do something special in his life. No, he's not looking at that. What he's looking at, let me push all that aside. He might got a ton of that, but there's no service. Well, this young man doesn't serve. But when he gets to a role that says, hey, man, he hasn't got a ton of recognition, and that doesn't matter. But what he's got on here is there's a servant heart, a servant's spirit. He's following after me. He's imitating me. That's what the Lord's looking for. That's what the, that's what the church needs. We need servants. We need people. And that's the thing. A lot of people think about that. You think, oh, a servant, he's the, he's the bottom of the barrel. You might be right. But it seems when you go through Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture in the Word of God, you find the Lord taking the bottom of the barrel and using it for His glory. Hey, y'all. Peter, just a fisherman, probably stunk like fish. I don't know if y'all been, been fishing or been around some people that mess with fish. That stuff stinks. I hate it going fishing, and, and, and I, love, I love fishing. Absolutely love fishing. I love to go fishing with the bishop. We've got a little spot that we go fishing on. A few of you have been there. It's incredible. It's a great place. After a while, one, one day, I think we were out there for two hours, we caught almost 100 bass together between me and bishop. In fact, we brought 60 of them and put them in this little pond out here. There's probably 10 there now, but... But we brought a, a lot of them. Let me just tell y'all, for a week, my hands smelled like fish. I couldn't get the smell off. 
But yet the Lord would say, hey, I'm going to make you fishermen of men. And then he would stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach the plan of salvation that we stand on today. Why? He wasn't demanding recognition because let me tell you, he didn't get any. He had a servant's heart that said, Lord, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. Oh, he failed God on the way. He made some mistakes. He even denied him three times. But he had a servant's heart that brought him back to the Lord's feet every single time and said, Lord, I'm humbly coming before you. I want to be a servant. I want to learn to serve. If anyone had the right to say it's all about me, Jesus had the right. If anyone had the right to demand his way and say, do you have any idea who you're talking to? Jesus Christ had that right. If anyone had the right to demand preferential treatment, Jesus had the right, but he never used it. Instead of seeking a life of comfort and fame, Jesus Christ just demonstrated sacrificial service to others because we see it in his attitude. Passage after passage. But as I was searching scripture last night, there's one, only one place where I find Jesus Christ in his own words describing himself. In doing so, he uses only two words. Two words that we should strive to apply to our lives today. These two words are not phenomenal or great, although they could be in describing him, but certainly not in his own words. He doesn't even mention anywhere that he was sought after as a, a, motiv a motivational speaker. We don't find that anywhere. That they just were seeking him to, to speak to thousands Yet many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, did he encounter in his lifetime of ministry. Tons of them. And although it's true, he doesn't say, I'm wise and powerful, or I'm holy and eternal, or I'm all-knowing and absolute deity. He didn't say these. Y'all want to know what he said? You'll find it in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. He says, I'm gentle and I'm humble. Gentle and humble. Gentle means strength under control. Like a wild stallion that has been tamed. Humble in heart means lowly. The picture of a helper, unselfish and thoughtful. So the gentle and humble nature of Jesus is nowhere more evident than in the account of John chapter 13. When we find Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart after this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, 
Simon's son to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. For he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. Verse 5, after that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. If anybody ever showed servant spirit, it was Jesus Christ. I mean, they, they've already witnessed his power. They've already witnessed the miracles that he has done. And yet, Jesus Christ is fixing to go to a cross and give his life. And you find him not being massaged, not being taken care of, not getting a meal cut for him. You find him washing his disciples' feet. Why? Because he wanted to know, uh, let us know that being a servant of the Most High will get you further than having a spirit of I deserve and I am entitled to this and I deserve this and I deserve that. No, no, no. He said, why don't y'all sit down? You've worked hard enough, but I want to serve you. I want to help you. I want to lift you up. I want to make you feel better. I want to take care of you. That's the kind of God we serve. And he's wanting us to follow in those same footsteps. And I need to stand up here today and be honest with you. Because I've gotten to that point sometimes in my life where I think, man, I've just done so much. I've worked so hard. I deserve this. I deserve that. And the Lord checked my spirit a couple days ago after I read Brother Victor Jackson's quote that said, hey, if you want to have a strong ministry, wherever that is, then you must learn to say, I got to serve rather than I need and deserve. And I just want to challenge some folks here today. I want to challenge you all today. If you'll just get into a servanthood mindset that says, Lord, I came here in service to you. I didn't come to church today just wanting, wanting because I think I deserve. But I came here to receive. Is this okay? I want to leave changed. But the way I leave changed... It's not coming here thinking that I'm entitled to some miracle and to some promises. Because I'm not entitled to nothing. What I am entitled to, what I do deserve is death because of my sins. That's what I do deserve. But we serve a God who came down and robed himself in flesh and said, Hey, you don't have to die for your sins. Because I came down here to serve you and die for those sins for you. So the best I could do is step into a church on a beautiful Sunday morning like this and say, Lord, I'm here to serve you. I'm here in service to you. I'm in here for service to the church and to your leadership roles. I serve you, Lord. And let me just tell you, you will walk away changed. You'll walk away with some things. Instead of having a spirit that comes in here that says, I deserve, and walk out of here and go, look at that. God didn't even give me what he promised me. Not with that spirit. If you come in here and bow yourself in humbleness, that gets you much further. Let me just tell you all, if I could get somebody to come up and just, you know, demanding stuff from me, they're not going to get that. I'm not get the old right hook. 
get out of my face. But you get somebody that's humble that says, hey, what can I do for you? What can I help do? I want to be, I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to, I want to help you in whatever area you can. That gets you further. I'm telling y'all, I stand here convicted today because I want a servant's heart. It says, whatever you need, Lord. I'm not just reaching for things. I'm not just, I'm not just asking for things, but I want to be in service for you. I want to be here for you. I serve you. And then if things come, and then if miracles come, then if healings come, that just came with the spirit of service. My, my, my. Jesus showed so many times, if you want to be great, you've got to learn to be a servant of all. Hear me this morning. You will never be more like Jesus than when you are serving others. Again, he's not looking for medals. He's not looking for your degrees. It don't, it don't matter how much education you have or think you have or how many diplomas that you can show God today. What God is looking for is for scars of service. Are you willing to serve? That's why I believe we just got done paying our respects for Memorial Day weekend. And paying respects for all those that went on before us to allow us this great freedom that we have today. But when you think about it and you could listen to some of those men and women who have gone before us, what they could tell us, you know what they would say? Is I signed up to what? Serve my country. They're not going to tell you I signed up because I deserve, I think I should die. No, you won't find that at all. You won't, you won't match one, you won't find one person who says, I think I should get this and that. No, they'll tell you, I signed up to serve my country. Just like when you go to a restaurant, you get what? Service. All I know, some some already jumping on it. Oh man, some of that service is just terrible. You ever think about maybe your spirit is terrible because you got that I deserve? Oh, I know. Customer's always right. I got to deal with it. I understand. But what I'm telling you today is I serve. If we will learn to get the spirit of service inside of us, a spirit that says, hey, I'm connected to Jesus Christ and I serve him no matter what, no matter what comes my way, I give all to him. I work for him. then that deserving spirit, it won't ever be attached to you. Because when you have I serve in your, in your mindset and in your heart and you're pretty serious about it, those things start coming. Because the Lord said, if you put the kingdom first, when you're doing that, you're, I serve, you're putting the kingdom, you're putting God first. It says, Lord, I serve you. Things start getting added. Things start coming. Things start happening in your life. Why? Because you got the spirit that says, hey, it's not about me, but it's about what I can do for him. Because that's, that's all it's ever been about. It's about Jesus Christ. 
It's always been about him. But yet he didn't come down here and make it a big old deal. He came down here to show us how we can serve too. How we can serve the world. How we can serve our city. How we can serve our country. Let me just tell you, the church must be a church of service. That says, I will serve. I will do my part for the church. Hear me again. I want to be a servant with a servant's heart. I do believe there's a difference between a leader and a boss. Anybody agree with me? I do. Because a leader serves. But when you think about a boss... Or when you meet a boss, they have a sense of entitlement. Well, I got here, I got these diplomas that made me a boss, and I'm a boss. And they'll make sure they let you know they're the boss. But when you actually run into a true leader, you'll know it because they've got a servant's heart that said, Hey, I'm here to help you. What can I do to help you? Not, Hey, I'm fixing to bang you upside the head because you've done wrong, but because, Hey, I, I, let's, let's work together. Mm, I want to be a servant. If, I, if I'm ever to be a leader, if you're ever to be a leader, we have to first succeed in being a servant. You can't be a leader without being a servant. It cannot happen. You can be a boss, but you can't be a leader. You can't be a true leader without being first a servant. Somebody hear me this morning. You're either on the stretcher or you're helping carry it. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. I want to help folks. I want to do my part. Whatever part that is, I want to do my part with a servant's heart. Oh, I understand there are times when we need to be served. But most of the time we are called to serve others. The bottom line is that God wants each of us to help carry people through times of need. There's a world full of hurting people. And if we as the church can never show servanthood, they'll never come here. We've got to be a servants. The church was never meant to be a bunch of people watching as a few exhausted workers strain to carry the burdens of a whole congregation. A church filled with people who learn to serve will change the world. Yeah, take that to the bank. We've got to learn to serve. Let's stand. Every day, there are people around us with dirty feet, broken hearts, heavy burdens, and needs that we can help meet. I think it's time for us all to get a basin and a towel and start serving like Jesus Christ. I serve. Anybody else want to serve? I love you. Jesus loves you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for this lesson this morning.